Welcome back, friends, to Hope is a Prayer Way. I am your host, Pastor JJ. And in today's Bible study, we're going to study the judgment of the living Gentiles. And we're going to examine the time of this judgment. And this is part 11 of the series, The Judgments. It's a 31-part series, and as you remember, in part 10, we covered the judgment of Israel and also the judgment of the Israelites that had rejected Jesus. So, let us begin with our studies, please. So, the judgment of the living Gentiles and the time of this judgment, and just as he judged the Jews still alive at the end of the tribulation, when Christ personally returns to earth, so he will also judge those Gentiles who remain. And we find that in Matthew 25, verses 31 through 46, and I read out of the NIV version of the Bible. So the title of this passage in the Bible is called, The Sheep and the Goats. And starting at verse 31, So when the Son of Man comes in his glory, and all the angels with him, he will sit on his glorious throne. And all the nations will be gathered before him, and he will separate the people one from another as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. And he will put the sheep on his right and the goats on his left. Then the king will say to those on his right, Come, you who are blessed by my father, take your inheritance the kingdom prepared for you since the creation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, and you invited me in. I needed clothes, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you looked after me. I was in prison, and you came to visit me. Then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you, or thirsty and give you something to drink? When did we see you, a stranger, and invite you in, or needing clothes and clothe you? When did we ever see you sick or in prison and go visit you? Then the king will reply, Truly I tell you, Whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me. Then he will say to those on the left, Depart from me, you who are cursed, into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry and you gave me nothing to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me nothing to drink. And I was a stranger, and you did not invite me in. I needed clothes, and you did not clothe me. I was sick and in prison, and you did not look after me. They also will answer, Lord, when did we see you hungry or thirsty, or a stranger needing clothes, or sick or in prison, and did not help you? And he will reply, truly I tell you, whatever you did not do for one of the least of these, you did not do for me. 
Then they will go away to eternal punishment, but the righteous to eternal life. So we find that at the judgment of the Gentiles, Christ will separate the sheep, representing the saved, from the goats, representing the lost. As just like we have just studied in this in these verses, uh, Matthew twenty four, verses thirty one through forty six. Now, though salvation is by grace and through faith, the saved who come out of the great tribulation will be identified by their works and befriending their Jewish brothers, and the universal anti-Semitism. Of the great tribulation, one who befriends Jews will by this evidence manifest his salvation. Now let us look at the final judgment of Satan and the fallen angels. So we find that throughout the centuries, as anticipated, in the enmity mentioned in Genesis 3.15, which we'll read in just a second, there has been constant warfare between the holy angels who minister to God's people and Satan and his unholy angels, the demonic spirits. And in Genesis 3.15, out of the NIV, it reads as follows, starting at verse 15. And I will put enmity between you and the woman, and between your offspring and hers, he will crush your head, and you will strike his heel. Nevertheless, as mentioned earlier concerning the judgment of Satan, God has manifested his power by defeating Satan and his hordes. While for God's own purposes, Satan has been allowed to continue his nefarious schemes, Scripture speaks of three sure events regarding the activity of Satan and his demonic forces. So, for example, firstly, his binding during the millennium. Secondly, his short release. Thirdly, and his final incarceration in the lake of fire. Then, all opposing powers against the Lord will be dealt with in judgment. Let us look, please, at Revelation 20. And we're going to go with Revelation 20, verses 1 through 3. And then we'll look at verses 7 through 10. And the title of this passage in the Bible is The Thousand Years. Revelation 20 and verse 1. And I saw an angel coming down out of heaven, having the key to the abyss and holding in his hand a great chain. Second, uh, verse 2, he sees the dragon, that, ancest, that ancient serpent, who is the devil, or Satan, and bound him for a thousand years. And he threw him into the abyss, and locked and sealed it over him, to keep him from deceiving the nations anymore, until the thousand years were ended. And after that, he must be set free for a short time. Now, verses 7 through 10, and the title here is in the Bible, The Judgment of Satan. And as we study the word Satan, remember that he is our adversary. That name means that he not only is he our adversary, but he's also our accuser before the Lord. 
So when he gets you to sin, he runs right back to the Lord and says, hey, so-and-so is doing this. <clears throat> okay, so starting at verse 7, uh, Revelation chapter 20, verse 7. When the thousand years are over, Satan will be released from his, from his prison and will go out to deceive the nations in the four corners of the earth, Gog and Magog, and to gather them for battle. And the number, they are like the sand on the seashore. They marched across the breadth of the earth and surrounded the camp of God's people, the city that he loves. But fire came down from heaven and devoured them. And the devil who deceived them was thrown into the lake of burning sulfur, where the beast and the false prophet had been thrown. And they will be tormented by day and night forever and ever. Now in 2 Peter 2 verse 4, For if God did not spare angels when they sinned, but sent them to hell, putting them in chains of darkness to be held for the judgment. So we get a little bit of view of what's it like in hell. There are it is so dark that you cannot even see your hands. Jude 6, my favorite epistle in the entire Bible. This is this is my uh this is my favorite. Jude 6, and the angels who did not keep their positions of authority, but abandoned their proper dwelling, these he has kept in darkness, bound with everlasting chains for judgment on that great day. 1 Corinthians 15, verses 24 through 26. Then the end will come when he hands over the kingdom to God the Father, after he has destroyed all dominion, authority, and power. For he must reign until he has put, on, put all his enemies under his feet. And the last enemy to be destroyed is death. And friends, you know, you're getting a little glimpse of what hell is like. And I assure you that the Lord takes absolutely no joy in sending on anyone there. Remember that he went to the cross for everybody. Salvation is for anyone who wants it. And it's free. All you have to do is repent of your sins and accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior. And... Maybe you've been told in the past that Jesus doesn't love you. Maybe you've been told that you're going to hell because you're a drug addict. You're a prostitute. You're a drunkard. You're a murderer. Friends, let me remind you that Moses and David were murderers. Amen? As a matter of fact, we can even... Look at the Apostle Paul before his conversion, how he led the vote to kill Stephen, the first, uh, the first deacon. So if there was forgiveness for those 
mighty men. And most of the New Testament is written by the Apostle Paul. So if there was forgiveness for them, there's forgiveness for us. And let me tell you something, friends. All of us are full of sin. I start with myself. Who am I to tell you or anybody else where you're going to go when I can't even send myself? But I can assure you one thing, that if you do take the hand of Jesus today, he's going to forgive you of all of your sins. You're going to start fresh. And he will give you eternal life if you pray with a contrite heart. And if you would like to accept Jesus, I'm going to lead you in a prayer. And I would ask you to please follow along. Heavenly Father, I come before your throne. I ask you to forgive me of all of my sins. Father, this day I take your hand and I ask you to become my Lord and my Savior from this day forward. I want to spend eternity in heaven with you, with God the Father, with God the Holy Spirit, with all the angels. And on the day of judgment, I want to be a sheep. I don't want to be a goat. Thank you for your sacrifice on Calvary, Father. I accept and I thank you for that. In Jesus' mighty name. Friends, if you said that prayer, I do believe that you were born again. I encourage you to go and find yourself a good Bible. And find a Bible that when you read, it speaks to you. That it's easy for you to understand. I would then encourage you to go and take good notes during your weekly Bible study on Sunday schools and sermons on Sundays. Take copious notes. And then before you get to breaking down those verses and matriculating that information, I would ask you to go to the Lord in prayer. Ask him to please open your understanding. Ask him to give you remembrance so you can remember what all that information that you're processing. And then ask him to give you the grace to be able to share his word with anyone who would fit those circumstances. And I like to close out every podcast in honor of the late Pastor John H. Osteen. And the reason being is because he coined a phrase which is the best I've ever heard. And he deserves recognition for that. And he used to close out all of his TV sermons with the following phrase. And he would say, friends, keep Jesus first place in your life. And he will take you places that you've never dreamed of. Amen. Friends, thank you for your time and the privilege of being able to share Jesus Christ with you. What an honor it is. And I will look forward to talking with you tomorrow on our podcast. May his blessings be upon you and yours today and always. 
Jesus' mighty name. Thank you, friends.